Hello everybody and welcome to another mini-sode of the Fairy Conclave. This is mini-sode number 10. I'm one of your hosts, Alec, and joining me on the line, it's Jerem. How are you doing today, Jerem? I am so excited that we are at episode 10 for this mini-sode series. What yes. an exciting, momentous occasion. Yeah, I greatly enjoy having little mini-sodes to just kind of like give our opinions here and there on whatever's going on. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think the first thing we want to mention really quickly, just at the top, yep. um, to get our opinions out, is um, about the Secret Lair Walking Dead product, which was recently announced, and everyone knows about it because everyone it has been talking about town. it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and um, I don't think I have anything else to add really to this conversation um, that hasn't already been said, except that I am... A, not a fan of this product. I think it's a huge mistake, and I don't think it should exist. And that's pretty much, I think, all I needed to say about it. <laughs> I, about will second, I will second that, Alec. I do not think the way they went about doing this was very good. Um, yep. But like you said, I don't think it's good to dwell on negative things. Obviously, we're not Wizards of the Coast. Um, we don't have to like it, and that's all right. Some people do like it, but... Um, we just wanted to throw our opinions out there. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on that, let us know. We'd be happy to chat about it. For sure. Um, but let's move on to something positive. Let's move yes, on to please. something we're excited <laughs> to talk about um, that is pretty new and relevant, which is Zendikar Rising. What yes. an adventure we have for everyone that we're excited to talk about. Yeah, I think um, this set honestly came out at a, like a really opportune time. Um, I think I was... I definitely personally have been uh, having like kind of magic withdrawals. Um, yeah. I there was like a month, or a couple months there where um, I was able to get in some consistent like cockatrice games. Um, but I think the like l the ideal of cockatrice kind of faded, and I kind of stopped playing for a little while. Um, and then the Walking Dead thing happened, and I was just kind of like down in the dumps. Um, but yeah. then I, you know, I just decided to, hey, you know, like Magic and Commander especially is like we can always play it. And I was talking to Livy, um, who has been on the show before and will be on the show again soon, um, about how no matter like if Magic stopped existing, um, they, stop, or they stopped making new cards for it um, completely like Wizards of the Coast just shut down tomorrow for no reason at all. Um, mm -hmm. We would still have the last... 26 years of cards that we could go through and play with yes, and we absolutely yeah and we both agreed that um the cards in existence currently offer essentially an unlimited amount of like commander play and opportunities and play styles like commander's so versatile um and various and every game is different so we agreed that like no matter what we're still happy with what we have currently and we can play this game for many years to come um, but I still put in an order for a bunch of cards from Zendikar Rising that I'm excited to talk about with you today. Yeah, I want to add to what you said real quick there, Alec. So okay. I was actually talking to my brother about basically the exact same thing, you know, giving the current state of the world. It's in. Yep. But if the world were to just go to poop and we would lose power and there would be nothing, we could still sit down and by candlelight play a game of magic. Isn't it's that true. comforting? Isn't that like just like with the cards we own? It's like, e like you said, even if Wizards of the Coast just stop making cards right now, that'd be very sad. But 
with what we have, we could still have a ton of fun. So I think it's that's true. That's a comforting feeling. So yeah, I and add to that. Yeah, I I agree. I like that that thought a lot, and that's actually kind of what I did do. Um, I think we recorded an episode shortly after, but a few weeks ago we had some pretty intense windstorms um, here in Salt Lake City, and uh, like lots of people lost power, including us, for about 24 hours, and some people had no power for up to a week. But um, you know, um, HB and I sat down, and um, by exactly like you said, by candlelight, we played a bunch of board games. Um, we played a little bit of magic and it really like, it was awesome. It got us through it. It was totally like, everything was great. We were like, we can't progress our usual Netflix shows or watch a horror movie, but we can, we can play some board games. So yeah, I really like that a lot. (laughs) So what cards, let's hype up some cards for Zendikar Rising because I definitely got some and I know you got some. So let's talk about the cards that sparked our interest enough to pick up a few copies. Yeah, um, yeah. so the first uh, cards I want to talk about are the Pathway Lands, which yes. I think it's such a cool idea, and I can't believe... I, I mean, I'm sure there have been, but I haven't seen um, like custom cards done with this idea, because it's honestly mm-hmm. a very simple idea. It's an like, incredible idea. I can't believe it hasn't. it's taken them this long. Like The second I saw this, these cards, I was like, wow, Like it's a... Obviously, it's not as good as like a dual shock land but still it's a budget version that will do basically the same thing yeah and i yeah exactly and i think it's it's kind of a perfect like design space where um Mm -hmm. like it's something new that hasn't been done before but it's something that makes so much sense that you're you're kind of surprised it hasn't been done before already so um yeah yeah i'm sure everyone who's listening probably already knows and maybe has already played with these but uh, the pathway lands all um, have the word pathway in them, and so that's I guess what I'm I've been calling them. Um, yeah. But yeah, some people have been calling them the flip lands because you have a double face card. It's uh, basically uh, like, for example, Clearwater Pathway on one side. It's just a land uh, that adds a blue, and you can cast it or you can play it as a land that adds a blue, or you can play it. Um, as Murkwater Pathway, which adds a black. So it's a dual land that offers you either color, but after it has entered the battlefield, it stays on that side and essentially becomes like a basic land. It only gives you that one color. Um, But there's still that versatility that you have for being able to choose um, Mm -hmm. one of two colors, whichever one you need. What I love about this is all of Zendikar is about you're going on an adventure, like kind of that D&D vibe of like your choices matter. Like, oh, let's right. go down this pathway and explore this. And so what I like about these is it presents a choice. Like you come to a crossroads and it's like, oh, I can go down this river or I can go down this path to a volcano, you know? And so it's like yep. river glide pathway, lava glide pathway. And so it's just, it, it just adds another aspect of the game, which is really fun and enjoyable. So I definitely picked up the relevant copies for the car, the decks that I have for these colors so i think they're they're really fun for sure yeah yeah and i don't think these are any like uh top tier lands um or anything but i run a very high amount of basic lands in a lot of my decks and i just am replacing a basic land with one of these in all of my two color decks i i do think in three and more colors these um drop off in uh in like utility pretty sharply just because three color decks kind of want to pivot between 
any one of the three colors at any time. So there's kind of an argument to be made for like even a guild gate instead because you, after it comes in tapped, you've got uh, you could still one of two, two colors. colors. Right, exactly. Sorry. Um, but yeah, for two color decks, I think these lands are fantastic. They're going for uh, I think an average of about six dollars, maybe even five. Um, yeah, dollars, which is. Yeah perfect like for rare lands sometimes like especially the shock lands have been reprinted um and printed a lot in the last year or two years and they're still holding tight at about 12 dollars um breeding pool i've been waiting to go down but it's still sitting at about 23 so i think having these lands available for about six dollars each is fantastic and everyone should grab a couple and try them out absolutely yeah so um Let's move to the darker side of things to Ooh. a card that I feel is, 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 I just love it. And that is Feed the Swarm. Yes. Okay. I was hoping you were about to say that because this is yeah. also on my list. So Feed the Swarm is uh, one in a black for a sorcery that says destroy target creature or enchantment and what? opponent controls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You lose life equal to that permanent converted mana cost. Wait, okay, who cares? Hold I'll take up. That how much? How much mana does this does this sorcery One cost? Is it? Is it two, two, two mana? Two mana. Jerem. Jerem. I. So yeah, I honestly, I'm surprised that they printed this card because it's never been done before. Black sucks at dealing oh. with enchantments and always has until 2020. So. And this is printed in the common slot, which is That's incredible. the best part. So when I went and I got this, I think I got like four copies and threw it into every yeah. Black deck. Yeah, so. I, I think if you have a black deck that has no access to white or green, you should throw this in because, um, and I'm a huge advocate of instant speed removal spells. I think having an instant, we've talked about it quite a bit is mm -hmm. yeah we have is way way stronger than having a sorcery but all of the time like i can tell you all of the times in my decks that have black in them and can't deal with enchantments um just getting totally like hosed by enchantments um there are so many f extremely powerful enchantments and there's just yeah. nothing black decks can do so yeah i'm the same way i i have been picking up a bunch of copies of this card for quite a few of my decks and for uh future use i think it'll be good in the future too so yeah so it was it was a great relief to be like oh yes this because i'm glad it's not just enchantment like it, it's it's got creature or enchantment because if you're That's playing the best a game part, yeah and there's no enchantment out like yeah you can use it as like a you know obviously it's not go for the throat like at instant speed or whatever but still like or murder but this is beautiful i was very excited to see this so yeah i feel exactly the same way um all right i'm gonna switch us over to a little bit of a more niche effect with all the right. card maddening cacophony have you seen this one i have but you're gonna have to remind me what it does it is one in a blue so only two mana for a sorcery um, and if okay. you cast it for one in a blue it says um, each opponent mills eight cards which is wow. quite a bit and each opponent is good. huge so yeah that's that's enormous in a four player game you're getting 24 of your opponent's cards into their graveyards um mm -hmm. but it also has kicker for three and a blue so you can cast it for 
four blue blue, six mana total, and it says each opponent instead mills half their library, round it up. Oh. So why would we want our opponents to be milling half their libraries? Because if they're anything like our play group, they're certainly playing some stuff um, out of the graveyard um, fairly frequently. So why would we be doing that? Well, I'm trying this card out in my um, Scarab God deck. Because, Scarab God, yes. That yeah. would have been my guess. That's yep. awesome. And so the Scarab God deck, it has kind of uh, some mill cards as a sub-theme, so I can steal good creatures out of my opponent's graveyards and use them myself um and so usually the effects i try to go for for that deck when i'm milling my opponents are like enchantments um or kind of repeatable effects so i can like slowly mill them over time i'm not a big fan of the like one card mills a bunch because um you want to follow it up by stealing stuff out of their graveyard before they can um Mm -hmm. but this card i think is just so effective at that task like half their libraries for six mana and each opponent there are cards that do this just targeting one opponent but each opponent is huge so being able to cast that for six flip over half their libraries and then on the next turn hopefully grab a couple of the best creatures out of them i think is going to be very strong in scarab god mm. uh yeah that is is awesome there's isn't there a similar card like a traumatize where target player puts half but this is each opponent so yeah you can hit a huge handful of cards if you're playing at a you know with a pot of four people so that's that's awesome yep yeah traumatizes five um for target player puts the top half and yeah so i I haven't put cards like that into the deck just for that purpose because it's not that mana effective um just to be hitting one opponent but each opponent and also if you need to you can just pop it off for two mana and see what you get for the top eight of yeah. each deck, which is exactly. still a big number of cards. So, yeah, very excited about this one. So I, the next card I want to talk about is one that I got specifically for one of my decks, which, um, like you got that conundrum one for Scarab God, I yes. was excited about Acquisitions Expert for Ooh. my Charade deck. Shizzo's Caretaker. So let me read what this says. Yes, please. So Acquisitions Expert costs one and a black for a creature human rogue. When Acquisitions okay. Expert enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals a number of cards from their hand equal to the number of creatures in your party. You choose uh. one of those cards, that player discards that card. So okay. the other relevant part is Acquisitions Expert is a 1-2. So. I know With... Shiray is always looking for oh, yeah. those enters the battlefield effects like that. Absolutely. And ironically, in my Shiray deck, when I was looking at this card, I have quite a few party members. Like, you nice. know, I have Viscera Seer, who is a wizard. I have a couple clerics. Like, there's So it's not like the entire deck is built around this party function, but when I have played a few games with Acquisitions Expert, like, you're always going to get at least one, but I've had it occasionally where target opponent revealed two or three cards and you just and that's just that just really hurts so yeah um and especially if you can do it multiple times like i know sheree is able to bounce your creatures and get those effects over and over and over oh yeah my favorite is you know when i have mind slasher out pay a black sacrifice a creature target opponent discards a card then acquisition expert comes back just oh no it's a very very mean thing to do but i think it's 
very fun. It's very effective. So I was, yeah. I was excited to see this one. So back That's to you, awesome. what's what's next? Yeah, so the next one I have um, for one of my decks I'm trying out is Thieving Skydiver. And Ooh, the okay. reason for that is because it's a merfolk creature. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, whenever there's new merfolk, I got to consider it for my Kumena merfolk deck. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Um, there, as a lot of people are aware, there have been many, many very strong merfolk printed over the years because it's one of the original creature types. So um, you've got a lot to choose from. And when a new merfolk comes out, it has to be very strong um, in order to replace one of the already existing merfolk in the Kumena deck. Mm -hmm. But Thieving Skydiver, let me read it for you. It's one yeah. and a blue for a merfolk rogue. It's a 2-1. Um, and it has a kicker, which is X. And it says X can't be zero. So you can add any amount of mana you want to onto this, um, mm -hmm. which already is uh, promising for Kumana because it is green-blue and has a fair amount of ramp in it. So X right. can probably get pretty high. Um, and it has flying, so it's a 2-1 flyer. And then it says, when Thieving Skydiver enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, gain control of target artifact with converted mana cost X or less. If that artifact is an equipment, attach it to Thieving Skydiver. Oh, Ooh. that is an incredible amount of text right there. It's like, it just keeps getting better. I keep reading it over and over again, and I, I get more and more excited about it. So, yeah, I mean, baseline, it's three mana for a 2-1 flyer and a soul ring. Right? Yeah, you're gonna kill someone <laughs> over their lightning greaves or their swift foot boots or so much, so many good artifacts and commander. Wow. I, I honestly I so I was looking through my decks, um, my deck lists, and I don't have a single deck that doesn't have at least one artifact. At least oh, I think I, at least three artifacts. Like yeah. my enchantment deck, my saga deck still has Soul Ring and Absolutely, um, yeah. What's the Ooh, what's the two mana gives you any color in your commander's color identity? Arcane Tell. Signet. Arcane Signet, yep. Arcane yep. Signet, so you can grab those. And then if things are are really, like, looking up for you, you can grab um, some really big artifacts. And artifact oh. creatures are out there. Um, yeah. There's so much that this can do. So, yeah, I'm definitely finding a spot for this in my Kumena Merfolk deck, and I'm very excited about it. Imagine stealing a skull clamp and then clamping her and drawing uh, two cards or stealing so someone's good. immortal son at the end of the game. There's just so this card can do so much. You never know so what much. you're going to get, which is awesome. So it's it's really cool. So much. And two mana baseline um, for two on flying merfolk is already like um, that's a pretty solid stats because the merfolk deck is always looking for some evasion and flying is fantastic. So, yeah, I think everything about this is just beautiful and I'm very excited about it. All right, back over to you, Jerem. Do you have another card you would like to mention? I do. This is my last one. Um, okay. This one I am very excited about. Um, I don't want to see if you can guess which deck I put it in. Ooh, okay. Um, I don't know. if We haven't talked about it on the Fairy Conclave either, so that, that's another hint. So this is Valakut Exploration. Okay. So it's two and a red for an enchantment, and it has landfall. And the landfall trigger uh... is... Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled. Okay, pretty cool. And then okay. second half, at the beginning of your end step, if there are cards exiled with Valakut Exploration, put them into their owner's graveyard. Then Valakut Exploration deals that much damage to each opponent. Ooh. Yeah. I am a huge fan of this card. Um, it's also basically like 
uh, card draw in red, which is yeah, <laughs> very yeah. exciting. Yes. Ooh, I'm not sure. So I know I played against you playing a mono red deck before on Cockatrice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have that deck in real life, but is that the one you're talking about? No, I, Ooh, I okay. do not have that one in life. But it is my mono red deck. It is my Duke of Dumpsters Doretti Scrap Savant. Yes. Beautiful. This card is, I think it's perfect because A, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to be getting a ton of landfall in that deck. I'm only ever going to hit one land drop a turn. Right. But when I so... do, it lets me play the top card of my library. And then I have a ton of huge spells in that deck. And so, and I want them in my graveyard so I can reanimate them with Doretti. So, um, I think this card will be incredible to drop turn three. And then every turn I play Landfall, and then I reveal, oh, Bosh, Iron Golem. Mm, no, I'm not going <laughs> to cast that. I'm going to throw him into my graveyard, Ugh. hit my opponents for eight, and then next turn, minus two to ready and bring Bosh to the battlefield. That's so so good. That is why I was excited about Valakut Exploration. I have not been able to play it yet and have it work like that, but I can see it being very uh, effective in that deck. So I'm yeah. anxious to really see it out on the battlefield. Yeah, I think we'll be seeing this this card quite a bit. Um, some of the problems with other red enchantments that kind of do the exile to draw you cards thing is that the cards, uh, if you're not able to play them that turn, then they are exiled forever. And yeah. I yeah. I think this one, by actually switching them over to the graveyard and then also giving you a, a little bonus from that, um, makes it incredibly, incredibly powerful when compared to the other effects like that. So... Yeah, yeah. I think this one will be very much um, considered heavily in red decks and red white decks. Yeah, so that that was my my final card that I was excited for. Awesome. So, do you have another one that you wanna you wanna talk about? Yes. Um, yeah, I've got one final card that I <laughs> am a big fan of, even though it's kind All of right. rude. Um, and that it. is Archon of Amiria. It is two and a white for a two three Archon creature. It has right. flying. So uh, the, I'm putting this into my Queen Marchesa, which is a very straightforward deck. It is uh, flying. It's based around the flying mechanic, and that's mm-hmm. about it. It's perfect for when your brain doesn't want to think too much and you just want to play big flyers. Um, but this, like this card, like it does it. some other things that I'm very excited about. It says each player can't cast more than one spell per turn. So in that deck, wow. you're basically casting... A demon, a dragon, or an angel. One big creature each turn um, with all of your mana. So you can keep everyone else kind of on the same playing field while this is out. Um, And then it also says, non-basic lands your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. And as a lot of people who played against me know, I'm a big fan of messing with people's non-basic lands. (laughs) Um, I think it is kind of rude sometimes to destroy them all. So I, I normally don't do that most of the time. But I am a fan of making them enter tapped or uh, dealing damage to you based on how many you have because those uh, multicolored decks, I think, are are a little too out of control sometimes. So I'm excited to put this card in my Queen Marchesa mm. deck. Yes, I, I think that's awesome. It's, like you said, very mean, but it's very appropriate. I think it's it's a good a good balanced flyer. I like it. Yeah, I love it. It, it's a nice little one. Um, 
yeah, so I'm excited for that. And I just remembered there is one other card as we kind of wrap up this mini-sode that I want to shout out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, that is because it is based on one of my favorite cards and one of the cards that was in my very first um, intro deck that I ever played. And I thought it was busted back back then. Um, and that card was uh, Vampire Nighthawk. <gasps> I could not yes. believe... Yes. You could pay three mana for something that had flying death touch and lifelink. Like back in back in those days, that was an unstoppable combination. So yeah. I was very excited to see the new card, Nighthawk Scavenger, which is <laughs> I don't even know how to describe this power toughness, but it's one plus star for power and three toughness. Um it has flying, death touch, and lifelink, the unstoppable combo. And then it says mm-hmm. Nighthawk Scavenger's power is equal to one plus the number of card types among cards in your opponent's graveyard. So Ugh. it has the potential to be even bigger um, than a 2-3, like the Vampire Nighthawk was. Wow, yeah, that that is a good mention because it's just it one-upped Vampire Nighthawk, which, I, which is crazy because, like you said, that card in and of itself is an incredible card. Lifelink, Death Touch. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love this card. I'm so glad that it exists. Um, I don't have anywhere to play it for anything, but I'm definitely getting a couple of copies just because uh, it, it brings back fond memories for me. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Well, everyone, as you can tell, we're very excited about Zendikar Rising and all of the fun new cards that have been coming out. If you have any cards that you've been excited about, let us know. We, I've been having fun, you know, playing with my decks and subbing in these new cards so it's definitely been an, an exciting time like you said alec it's been a relief zendikar rising has been a well-needed break well everybody have a splendid rest of your week and as always welcome to the clave everybody and we will catch you next time